Hey folks, it's the Sunday before Christmas and it's uh, great to be sharing it with you. When you think of famous people, like who comes to mind? Who's famous in your eyes currently? Whether it be a movie star or politician or athlete. You know, for me it would be probably Roger Federer. But I mean, there's a there's many people that you could be choosing from to think who is really famous at the moment. But if you go back a little bit in time, the list seems to just be shorter. So, for instance, if you go back, uh, say, 50 years, and you think, okay, who was famous in 1970? Well, um, maybe Woody Allen, or Barbara Streisand, or Robert Redford uh, would come to mind. But if you go back, say, 100 years from now, uh, then the list, again, becomes perhaps a little shorter. It's like, man, who would stick out 100, 100 years later? But how about uh, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth uh, or Albert Einstein? Uh, you know, they come to mind. But if we just go back uh, 200 years and think, okay, who would be somebody that would just be a standout? Well, how about um, Quincy Adams? <laughs> I mean, he died in uh, 1826. Uh, or, you know, and he's from Quincy. So, I mean, of course, we've got to love presidents that come from Quincy. Uh, but maybe uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he was president in 1861. So if we go back some, I mean, the number of people that we can think of that's famous just becomes shorter and shorter. But if we go back many years, there's one person who is like really, really famous. And that's Abraham. I mean, now we're going back like 4,000 years. And Abraham is like super famous. I mean, even today, there's not a Christian that doesn't know about Abraham. There's not a Jewish person that doesn't know about Abraham. And there's not a Muslim who doesn't know about Abraham. I mean, Abraham really became super famous. And so I want to look back as we look at this Christmas story about how God has used certain people uh, to be really become, you know, famous, but part of God's story of building up to Easter. And I, I you know, obviously, uh, Abraham builds up to David and, and King David builds up to Mary and Mary builds up to Jesus. And of all the people, Jesus is still the most famous and for good reason. But today we want to be looking at the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. To understand the blessing of Jesus and the blessing that Jesus is to you, it's good to understand the whole story from the beginning to the end. Because there's an invitation in this story. There's a continual flow in the story. But there's an invitation in the story to you. And for you to be blessed. Not necessarily to be famous, but to be blessed. So, I've titled this message, Your 
Christmas blessing. Uh, let me just pray. Jesus, this message is only going to be blessed if I can connect your people with you. So Jesus, help me to preach and to connect. Lord, we need to know your love and your connection with us and how you intend to bless us and how you have blessed us. And we just lift up this message today in your name, Jesus. Amen. So let me read a few Bible accounts of the story, the Bible story from beginning to end, but how it builds up to Jesus and Jesus becomes the focus of the story, both his birth and his anticipated return. But it starts here in Genesis. And I want to read this account in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. I mean, this is just an amazing promise statement that has relevance for you and I today. Because we are part of this continuum. Let me just highlight what's going on here. God says to Abram, I will bless you. And then he says, but you are going to be a blessing to others. And here's the thing. Nothing can stop God's plan. God put that plan into motion with these words, and God still has that plan in motion today. God wants us to be blessed like Abraham, and he wants us to be a blessing to others. Because we're part of this lineage. We're part of what was said here. We are part of the promise that God made to Abraham. We are basically his heirs indirectly, but we are his heirs. Let me take you to a, a different Bible story. And this is the story of Balaam. If I give you the summary verse of the story of Balaam as told through the prophet Micah, he says it this way. Don't you remember, my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to have you cursed, and how Balaam, son of Beor, blessed you instead? This is really, really interesting. So, and the story, as you know, is kind of hilarious if you read it. You know, you've got the Moabite king uh, at odds with God's chosen people, the Jewish people. And the king is calling on this prophet-like person to go and stand on the mountain and just call out curses on the Jewish people. And so, you know, he, he, he tries to do this. But every time he tries to curse the Jewish people, he ends up blessing them. And uh, it's just a, a, like a really interesting story from many angles. I mean, not only 
does God get a, his donkey to talk, uh, which is amazing. But there's something interesting about blessings. I mean, for most of us, when we think of the story and we think, what's the big deal? Okay, some guy goes on a mountaintop, overlooks all the Jewish people, and yells out as loud as he wants to a whole bunch of curses. Who cares? I mean, what's the significance of that? Nobody's even going to hear him. What difference is it going to make? But the strange thing is, the Moabite king thinks it's going to make a difference. The prophet thinks it's going to make a difference. But most importantly of all, God thinks it's going to make a difference. And God prevents that from happening. Friends, there is something mysterious and wonderful about being blessed. There is power when we are blessed, especially when we are blessed in Jesus' name. Uh, there's something significant to that. Uh, God sees it being way more significant than perhaps we see it. Uh, similarly, uh, there's power in cursing and cursing people or putting a curse on a person. And again, if I read this promise to Abraham, it says, I will bless those who you bless. And anybody that tries to curse you, God will take care of them. He won't allow it. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. I mean, there is something about a blessing. And today, this Christmas Day, I believe God wants to impart a blessing to you. I think there's a blessing. The very fact that you're willing to sit and listen to the Word of God and be uh, encouraged by His Spirit, it's a Christmas blessing. But let me carry on with some famous people that God has used so we can see how this plan unfolds leading up to Jesus' birth. King David, he was handpicked by God, he was anointed by uh, Samuel, and he became one of the greatest kings in the dynasty of all the kings that were recorded in the, in the Old Testament. But in Second Chronicles, the prophet Nathan is saying this through, from God to King David. And, he, and it says in First Chronicles 17.3, God said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David. I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons. I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me. And I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father. And he will be my son. I will never take my favor from him. As I took it from anyone who ruled before you. I will confirm him as a king over my house. And my kingdom for all time. And his, th his throne will be secured forever. A really interesting verse. 
Because, of course, he's talking to David, but he's also talking about Jesus and foretelling the birth of Jesus and foretelling that Jesus is going to be a king in the lineage of King David. And this is all going to happen in Jerusalem. And there's going to be the temple, which at this point hadn't been built yet. And there's going to be a temple that's going to be built. But even pushing that further, there's this promise that this is going to carry on even when the temple is knocked down because the church is going to be uh, taking on the, the role. And God's presence is going to be with us forever. And so then, of course, we get to Mary. And boys, if Mary is not famous... No, I mean, Mary is like really, really famous. I mean, just in incredible. And again, she was a nobody. And this is the account. I read it to you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Okay, so this is in like, you know, the backwoods and to people that nobody knows, not famous, but God chooses who God wants to choose. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. <clears throat> You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. I mean, God's story starts with Abraham. It goes through King David. It ends up here with Mary. And God has a plan. Nobody's going to stop this plan. And God chooses who he's going to use. And he chooses Mary. And then Mary carries on after just being so absolutely astonished that a nobody can be part of God's family, become famous. And she has this praise song. And we can identify with this praise song. She says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And we too can say, Our soul rejoices in God our Savior. Because now we have become part of God's family. Those of us which believe in God, we are His children. We have been part of this whole plan of God. We've been chosen and selected, and we are incredibly blessed. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. He took notice of you and of me. I mean, who are we? And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Friends, we don't have to be famous. But we too can feel like we are blessed. Because we are God's kids. And we receive God's favor. And Christmas is so exciting as we contemplate what God has done for us, is doing for us. But anyway, Mary carries on. For the Mighty One is holy, and He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation 
to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. He made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And friends, we are grafted in as his children. We have become part of this incredible blessing. We are, uh, you know, this Christmas Day, it's one of those times when we just need to reflect on how incredibly blessed we are. But what do we need to do? We need to just say yes to believing in Jesus. Yes, we will follow Jesus. Yes, we are his kids. Yes, we will do what Jesus is asking us to do. And yes, we will serve him. And yes, we look forward to Jesus' return. Let this Christmas be a Christmas where we say yes to Jesus. Because as we say yes to Jesus, we are saying yes to his blessings. Friends, I want to just pray a blessing on you. Will you receive it? Will you receive the power of a blessing? Lord Jesus, I just pray for a blessing for your children on this Christmas day. In your name, Jesus. Amen.